What's up, everybody? Emerson here. It is Monday, March 30th, day number who knows what of being quarantined. I hope you're doing well, staying healthy, staying happy, and staying sane. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do. No, seriously, like continuing to shepherd those in your life group when I'm sure that you've got a thousand other things to do in this crazy time. That means a lot. Um, I also want you to know that I'm praying for you every day. You're my thoughts. You're my prayers. I often think about how Paul wrote to different churches in the New Testament that we see and read about, how he is uh, talking about how his people are constantly on his mind. That's how I feel right now because I can't see you. I want to be face to face like he says in Romans, but I can't. And so this is about as good as we've got. So uh, just to let you know, I know that we're all kind of figuring this thing out together. Like, what does it look like to be in community um, in a time of social distancing? We're all figuring that out. We're all navigating that together. Uh, and today, what I want to do is I want to maybe help lead us down that path a little bit because I was reading in Ephesians the other day and was challenged by it. And hopefully what I bring to you guys will be challenging as well, something to think about, something that, that you could even bring to your groups Um as we kind of navigate this time. So today what I want to do is I want to share a few thoughts from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It comes from chapter 5, starting in verse 15, reading through verse 20. Let's dive in. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Paul says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this short excerpt from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, and it stood out to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, First of which is the time that Paul is talking about. Paul says to the church in Ephesus to be careful how you live, to live wisely, to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That last line, these evil days, could be translated, I saw one person translate it as, in these desperate times. And that stood out to me for obvious reasons, right? Like we are indeed living in desperate, uncertain, strenuous times, which I think makes Paul's words surrounding that part of the verse all the more important. He says, you know, kind of at the beginning of that verse to, he urges the Ephesians to make the most of every opportunity. And that phrase can literally be translated as make the most of your time which might in and of itself just be a word for us to hear right there. But I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper because that the word for time or opportunity that Paul uses is kind of interesting. See, in Greek, there are two words for time. There's uh, chronos time and there's kairos time. Chronos, kairos, chronos, kairos. Chronos time refers to like how we measure time, like in seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, et cetera, et cetera. It's linear, it's chronological, it's quantitative rather than qualitative. Like an example of this would be when we say things like uh, the time period of the 2020 quarantine lasted like 33 days, something like that. I don't know. You know, that's that you get the idea. Like that's chronos time. The other Greek word that Paul uses in this verse is kairos. And kairos is the Greek word that refers to 
like an opportune time or a time being the right time. It is not quantitative. It is rather qualitative. Um, for example, we speak of this kind of time when we say things like, like carpe diem, seize the day. Like we're not saying seize like literally the next 24 hours. What we're saying when we say carpe diem is we're saying seize this moment in time. Uh, or we use kairos when we say things like, oh, we invested our money in whatever stock or whatever at the perfect time. Or we use kairos time, kairos kind of thinking whenever we somebody does something for us and we say something like, that person who helped me, they helped at just the right time. That's kairos time. Um, that's how the Greeks kind of differentiated between two types of time. They had the chronological, chronos time, and then the sort of like opportunistic at the right moment kind of time. Uh, and they referred to that as Kairos. And in fact, that's how Paul, when he talks about Jesus coming, um, he says Jesus came at just the right time in Romans. And when he says that, he is referring to this Kairos kind of moment. Like this is like a moment in history. Um, it's not, he's not talking about, oh, Jesus came at whatever year AD. He's talking about this is the and at just the right time Jesus came into history. That's a little side note. But what Paul says in this verse is he says, make the most of this Kairos moment. Make the most of this Kairos time. He's he was telling the Ephesians back in his day that they had entered a time of opportunity that you can't measure it with seconds and hours, but they had entered into a new season. And to Paul, in his eyes, that season was ripe for the harvest if they could take advantage of it. And I believe that if Paul was writing to us today, he would say the same thing. This coronavirus is absolutely tragic. It's thrown everything off kilter. But as often happens with, with great disruption, there comes great opportunity. See, I believe that this is a Kairos time for you. This is a Kairos time for your family, and I think it's a Kairos time for our church. And the question is, will we, like the Ephesians, make the most of it? Will we, like Paul says, use this time to live wisely or to live foolishly? Will we take advantage of the opportunity that we have? And Paul, he goes on to urge his, uh, the Ephesian church in the rest of this passage of some practical ways that they can take advantage of this time. He says, um, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do, a.k.a. be intentional. Walk in the Spirit. Be, be, be intentional about walking in the Spirit. Don't allow yourself to drift. If you're working from home and your schedule's all whack, it can be like really hard to get things done that you need to get done. Like Without us even realizing it, we can drift into binging Netflix, overdoing it on screen time, going down the YouTube wormhole, and then scrambling at the last second to do all that we should be doing. My recommendation, make a schedule for yourself and stick to it. Have some accountability in that. Wake up at a certain time, schedule time with God when you know that you're able to have time with God, get showered, get out of your PJs, and get specific about the things that you want to accomplish, be that work-related, errand-related, family-related, even rest-related, and even group-related. You got to schedule these things in when your schedules are that you normally have are thrown off kilter. That's the first thing. Be intentional, Paul says. Don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Use discernment in the Spirit to, to find out what God wants you to do in this time. 
Next, Paul says to don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. rest in God. In this Kairos moment, don't just be intentional about doing what you want to do, indulging yourself on that which may not truly help you to flourish. That's what he means when he says wine there. But instead, fill yourself with the presence of God, the God who, in the words of the psalmist, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. See, this is a Kairos moment for us. This is a moment in our lives, uh, uh, an opportunity that we have, an invitation, really, for us to dig our spiritual wells a little bit deeper and hopefully to be able to bring out water that is untapped, that is fresh, that is cool to the mouth. I mean, could you just imagine the impact that this would have or could have on our children if you use this moment to till the soil of your own heart before the Lord? Could you imagine the impact on our community if like 4,000 plus Creekers did something like that? Like if we were to like athletes who train, 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 train for a season before the big fight, like what if this is our opportunity to dig our heels in and come before the Lord in new and deeper ways? What if? What if we rested in God? We filled ourselves with the Spirit of God, with His presence, instead of kind of indulging in, in whatever thing that we think would help us get past whatever boredom or whatever downtime that we now have. What if we invest in our spirituality? Next, in verse 19, Paul says, Hey, I want you, Ephesians, to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts, a.k.a. He wants us to use this time to worship. He says, you know, sing psalms, sing hymns, sing spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. He's saying, use this Kairos moment, this, this right opportune time to ascribe to the Lord, either individually, as a family, to sing, pray, dance, laugh, and just acknowledge who God is and what he has done in you and for you. Here's, a, here's something that you can do in your groups uh, with your family. You t- tell them how the Lord has been good to you. Tell, or you know, share with your group. I know maybe you've done this in Rooted. Uh, maybe it's been a while since you've done this. Maybe this could be an opportunity for you to share how the Lord has been working on your heart or like with your, with your family, you could maybe learn, teach them a new worship song or whatever it is. Find a way to worship God in this moment and share that worship with others. Ascribe to God the glory and honor due his name. Maybe you go on a walk and or maybe what you should do is uh, have your group each experience something outside. Uh, I know people want to get out of the house anyways. Like maybe go on a walk and marvel at the Lord's handiwork and then I'll come back together whenever you meet up, uh, virtually that is, and just kind of share what you found astounding. I mean, that might be a really cool practice for you guys to do. Um, That might be a really cool way for you guys to worship together. So he says that, worship. But then lastly, Paul reminds us to give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, a.k.a. practice gratitude. In this Kairos moment, be sure to give thanks for what you do have instead of worrying about what might happen. I heard someone say once that uh, anxiety is grasping for control of what we do not have in the future, while gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. Let me say that again. Anxiety is grasping for control of what we do not have in the future, while gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. See, I believe that this is a moment for us 
despite what is happening all around us, to be thankful to God for everything, as Paul says. This is a time for us to stay in our lane, to let God be God, for us to stop acting as if we were God. I know that I struggle with that way too much. A couple practices that you could do to dive into this is you could maybe start a gratitude journal yourself, do one as a family. I know some families where the expectation is that each person shares around the dinner table what they are most thankful for that day. Maybe you could do that with your life group, like have each person at the beginning or at the end of your time together online. You could have them uh, share something that they're thankful for. And I think that in doing something like that, and it might be kind of rote or mechanistic at the beginning, but in doing something like that, what you do is you begin to rewire your mental maps. You begin to kind of restructure your neural pathways so that you're prone rather than to anxiety, you're prone to thankfulness and you're prone to contentment. So all that to say, I think Paul is offering us a challenge. He's offering us an opportunity, an invitation, just as he told the Ephesians so long ago in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, hey, we've got an opportunity. We have a moment in history that God is inviting us into uh, to grow, to really um, harvest something here. And so he's saying to make the most of this Kairos moment as individuals, as families, as life groups, and to do so uh, to do that, we got to be intentional with what we do and intentional, intentional with what we don't do by resting in God, by worshiping, and by practicing gratitude. So here's a question for you as we kind of wrap things up. Question for you, for your family, for your life group, and feel free to ask your life group this question and hold them accountable in this. But consider this. In this time of social distancing, how can you, your family, or your life group be intentional with this Kairos moment. All right, that's all I've got. If you want help in structuring your day to kind of live in the Kairos moment that we find ourselves in here right now, our team has created a resource called a rule of life that will help you do that. And don't get thrown off by that language. It's just a fancy way to talk about helping you do that. So you can find that at thecreek.org slash devotionals. It's under the spiritual practices section. Uh, And hopefully you'll be able to use that individually as a family, as a life group. Grace and peace to you, friends.